Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop podcast. I'm Bart. I'm Sam. And we're excited you guys are joining us on our date night today. Um, we got some really fun things to talk about, um, which which we're very excited about. It's one of my favorites. Um, I learned a lot. Topics. Yeah. Some of the stuff I kind of already knew, but it's great, good to get some, some more fine details on a lot of it. Um, but so our topic today is... Uh, Pirates, Arg. piracy, uh, the golden age of piracy, and kind of how piracy got it started. <laughs> um, we're also going to talk about some of the more well-known pirates from the golden age of piracy. Um, so this is one of my favorite topics, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, so for those of you that don't know what we do on this show... Here's what this is about. Yeah, so what we do is we pick any random topic usually to talk about for uh, on each episode... Um, and then at the beginning of each episode, we will try uh, a new kind of coffee, uh, give some tasting notes, and uh, sometimes we'll give a review. Um, so that's basically what we do here. Uh, if that interests you, hopefully we'll turn you guys on to some good coffees um, or maybe steer you away from some that may not be worth your time. Um, we hope you guys have enjoyed what we've done so far. I know we've had a lot of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, our coffee that we're trying, um, it's a, we're doing a little bit different today. Um, the, the coffee that we actually have, we've, we've had before and we've done it on the show. And this is our regular coffee. Yeah, this is our normal coffee that Although, we drink every day. I say that, like our normal coffee, like... This is kind of like our standby for whenever we're not trying a new coffee for the podcast. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So the coffee that we have is actually the, uh, it's Lavazza Super Crema so uh, Espresso Blend, which we have done an episode on before. Uh, but what's different about it this time is the method of brewing that we chose to go with. Um, so today we've actually done a cold brew uh, of the Lavazza Super Crema. Um, so for those of you that don't really know a lot about cold brew, hopefully this will um, give you a little bit more information and kind of turn you on to it. Um, it's one of my favorite types of coffee. Um, it's just really good. Mm-hmm. So again, this is the cold brew Lavazza Super Crema. Cheers. Oh yeah. It's good anyway you have it, but I really like it cold brew. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's, that's one of the things this Super Crema is a really good quality coffee anyways. Um, yeah, go for it. Okay, cool. So I'm pouring it into almond milk. For like a cold brew latte-esque kind of thing. Yeah. Um, mm. Yes. But yeah, so cold brew, it's it's really uh, it's really smooth. It's really flavorful um, without being real bitter. Um, so for those of you that follow our Instagram, I believe we put some some photos of of us making cold brew on there right yeah we did we did it on our stories but i can do i can do photos next time whenever we next time we make it but I okay did. yeah so those of you that saw the story that um that kind of showed us making the cold brew um the cold brew maker that we have um we actually got it from target it's pretty neat um it's basically just like a big um like a big french press mm-hmm. um that we just let sit in the and fridge pl- it's and plastic then, instead of glass like some french presses. yeah um, but there are a lot of different kinds of cold brew makers out there. Um, there are some that do um, like rapid brewing cold brew, and it like chills the water very, very fast. Um, I would not recommend those kind. Not that I've ha- I haven't had any from that kind, but um, I, from my understanding is that it, it doesn't get the same effect as cold brew. It is really that- should be sitting 
for a long time in in the fridge. Is that similar to like the nit- nitro nit like nitro where it's nitro like- cold brew? Yeah, I. I actually don't really know a lot about nitro okay. cold brew. That's something I'll need to look into. Because I know there's like a rapid cooling process with some of them. And we talked about them on the Lost episode. Yeah. <laughs> the episode that will not be named. Um, so hopefully one of these days we'll get that out to you guys. And you guys can see our the very first episode we recorded was just about different kinds of coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as cold brew goes, there are a lot of different kinds of makers. Like I said, there's the rapid cold brew that actually like it chills it very, very quickly. Um, would not recommend... A lot um, of the stuff that we use to make coffee in our house is Bodum, though. Like that's a yeah, lot that's of what a we really have. it's a really good, like solid, affordable brand. Yeah. Bodum. Uh, typically, you can find a lot of that stuff at Target. Um, there are different the, the other kinds of cold brew makers. They have some that will have like a, uh, um, it's got like a little diffuser in the middle. Oh you put yeah, the grounds yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, that one you have to be careful because it doesn't it. It's it's poorly extracted. Is that what you're trying yeah, to say? Yeah, it doesn't extract very well. Yeah. Um, so you have to make it a little bit stronger, um, and just be prepared because it's not. It's just not going to be very strong. Um, but I think the best method is any kind of way where it, the grounds are, are completely fully soaked. completely submerged into yeah. the whole. You know the whole. Um, container of whatever it is that you're using. Yeah. So you can I mean, use something like the one that we've got, or you can even just do it in a pitcher, pitcher. and then just too. filter out the grounds. Yeah. We did that before we got our cold brew maker, and it was good. It yeah. Was, it was still good. Yeah. It, it, it still makes it really good. Okay. Um, so that's that's how I would recommend it. Um, but as far as this cold brew, um, like I said, it's one of my favorite ways to drink coffee. I really that's like it, especially refreshing. now. Like it's what what how it's seventy six degrees outside. Yeah. So, so cold brew is is definitely um, you know, the it's, way to go it's just the, the way to go when it's hot because you can still get that caffeine fix. Yeah, still get that coffee taste without being like overheated, and it's just it's really refreshing. I actually like this better than like when our coffee maker makes the cold brew or whatever over ice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do like this a little bit better. Yeah. So that's there is a big difference between cold brew and iced coffee. Yeah. Um. So anytime if you have the chance to make cold brew instead of iced coffee, I would go go for it. Yeah. Um, you just want to make sure that you have enough time. Usually, you don't want to let it sit overnight. So, um, but yeah, so that's our that's our coffee today. Um, do you want to give it a rating? I mean, I don't remember what I gave Super Cream. It's our regular coffee, so ten. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's already one of our favorite coffee beans, anyway. That's not really fair. Um, but. <laughs> but the method of co- the method of brewing, um, like I said, I mean, it's one of my favorites. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll give a rating on this one since we've already had We're the coffee We're throwing out before. all the rules for this episode. Yeah. Uh, so, let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Again, we're talking about pirates. Um, so, let's let's go over that. Tell, tell me about pirates cool. and, and how this thing got started. You want to try this while I talk? Sure. Cool. Okay, so, um, I got most of my notes from Wikipedia. And then there's, like, another episode. There's another um, website that's, like just about pirates and then there's um, Nat Geo. Um, so that's where I got kind of like this timeline history from. So some of the first instancy instances of piracy are from a group of people called the Sea Peoples. It's basically a term used to describe the first pirates. And I know that's like saying the first instances of piracy were committed by the first people who committed piracy. But there actually hasn't been a ton of research done on who these Sea Peoples were. Uh, most of the information that we have about them comes from Egyptian history, which makes sense. Um, Like, it's weird. It's really weird for me. Um, But Egyptians are not known to depict their defeats in any manner. So 
that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, but what we do know is that they were a confederacy of naval raiders who um, went up and down the coastal towns and cities of the Mediterranean region between uh, 1276 and 1178 BC. Uh, they concentrated their efforts especially on Egypt, which I would too. Um, so they're considered one of the major contributing uh, contributing causes of the Bronze Age collapse. Okay, so it was basically just a bunch of people sailing up and down the, the Nile, just kind of raiding villages along mm-hmm. along the river. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, according to Ancient.eu, the nationality of the Sea Peoples remains a mystery as the existing records of their activities are mainly Egyptian sources who only describe them in terms of battle, such as the records uh, from the Stele at Tanis, which reads, in part, they came from the sea in their warships and none could stand against them. The description is typical of Egyptian references to these mysterious invaders. Um, names of the tribes which comprise the Sea Peoples have been given uh, in Egyptian records as the uh, Sheridan, the Sek, no, Shekles, Luka, Tertia, and Akwasha. So I found that really interesting because Egyptians are not known but to like um, record their weaknesses in any way. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, they, I mean, they do sometimes, but anyways, um, so those are the first pirates. Okay. Was the Sea Peoples. The Sea Peoples that kind of raided Egypt. And the Mediterranean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so these, these, these names at the, at the end here, you, these are the tribes of those first mm-hmm. Sea Peoples? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a really good article on it on the ancient... Dot .eu, um, and I, I linked it there, but it's really good. And so, like, we don't know a lot about them basically but that's the first recorded instance of piracy um it's they have some pretty interesting hypotheses about their origins but we can talk about that later um so about pirates in general during ancient history it was actually considered a worthy profession in some areas and some uh, and like from what i gathered during this time like the line between piracy and maritime conquering was pretty blurry so for example julius caesar was kidnapped by pirates and it's reported that when they told him how much they were ransoming him for he laughed in their faces and told him he was worth much more hmm. so I've, I've heard that story before yeah i thought that was pretty interesting so it's like it's kind of like pirates and just like conquer you know what i mean like war yeah like sea wars and stuff like that are pretty much the same thing during that time um So eventually, as humanity grew more diplomatic, we started to officially combat piracy as a problem. The Romans, of course it was the Romans, were the first kind of government official to, like, they were, like, officially set a campaign against piracy. Because the Romans were like, no, 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 this is our thing. Conquering stuff is our thing. Right. We don't want you to do that. So, yeah. Um, The pirates that most of us are familiar with are the European pirates, probably because the British and Viking pirates fought each other for a good long while. Um, in the year 1800, a Viking group sailed south to the island of Lindisfarne off the coast of England, where they pillaged a monastery and slaughtered its inhabitants. It's the first in a 50-year-long campaign of brutal attacks on the British coast by Scandinavian pirates. Hmm. So, you know, what's that? Uhtred? Uh, son the, of Uhtred? The Last Kingdom? Yeah, that's kind of when this would have taken place. It's like British and Scandinavian right. like, warring pirates kind of thing. Yeah. So a lot of people wouldn't really think of them as as pirates. Yeah. But I, I guess um, so. These the Vikings, 
those Viking tribes would would really just kind of be viewed more as just like oh the Vikings. Yeah, but they are they coming were in and conquering. But they so were they, pirates. They were technically pirates, mm-hmm. um, but not like the <clears throat> traditional pirates that we think of. Yeah. So during that time and up until about 1500, it wasn't uncommon for pirates to actually be uh, mercenaries. So people with ships to be hired out for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, <clears throat> and these actually had a, another name. I can't remember. Are they privateers? Yes, privateers. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. And so, like, that's kind of it's like, oh, we want you to do this dirty work for us. So, and like, I think like there's a lot of information on different like kingdoms that have hired out mercs for yeah. this kind of thing. Um, I really did, let's see, I did read a really awesome article on the term piracy during British expansion, like what it really meant. Um, And from what I can tell, it's pretty spot on. Um, It actually asked a really simple question. Quote, simply put, what is the value of silver and gold in the middle of the ocean? Why would someone risk his life in a hostile maritime world if there was no chance that he could actually spend his booty? End quote. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And this yeah, article... I mean, it's a good point. Mm-hmm. So um, it goes on to say that there's a lot of evidence that the pirates we know about were simply skilled seamen who were attempting to better themselves in a plunder economy rather than um, in the legal trade market, which, it, you know, it's kind of like almost impossible to do. So most pirates didn't intend to stay pirates forever. They would build wealth and retire and plant a homestead. Right. Yeah, so they basically would just go out there, try to take as much as they could so that they would have their own wealth and then the the goal was to just leave piracy mm-hmm. and then have your own your own place yeah um so then the article goes on to say that there was a shift so where for centuries pirates had sailed under the flags of their own nations or of foreign princes now they sailed and were um hanged under flags of their own construction no longer welcomed by colonial elite outlaw vessels were routed from shores that once harbored pirate nests um in 1718 and 1723, the ports of Newport, Rhode Island, Charleston, South Carolina, tried and hanged crews of 23 and 36 pirates, respectively, the two largest mass executions not involving a slave insurrection in colonial America. So he's saying that um, basically after this shift, piracy had ended, piracy ended officially, you know, kind of, sort of, in 1720. Mm. But for the 10 years before that, like, they were pirates became actual pirates like the pirates we know right like pirates of the caribbean kind of stuff it was during like a very short decade or so mm. that they actually were what we think of and what's portrayed in movies so yeah um as we know there are still instances of piracy to this day and there's actually this is the next part that i wanted to surprise you with there's actually a live piracy map on the international chamber of commerce's website that tells you instances and reports of piracy so if you'll click that link, it will show you a map of, like, um, open link. A map of all the... It's really interesting. So, like, to, like piracy mm-hmm. attacks that are going on today? Yep. Or Oh, that's interesting. So, attempted attack, boarded, fired upon, hijacked, and suspicious vessel. Huh, that's cool. Yep. How interesting is that? Yeah, that's pretty... That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll um we'll we'll put that in in the uh, details for the podcast so you guys can have that link. If you yeah, check that out. So that's kind of like the history of piracy, really. Like after seventeen twenty, it had pretty much died down. Is what you know a lot of what I found. 
Okay, so the ship rolls and their pay. You ready? Yep. All right, so the captain was elected by all men in the crew and could be replaced by a majority vote by the same. Um, cowardly or brutal captains were quickly voted out of their position. The quartermaster had the same authority as a captain except during battle. Their crew, The crew elected him to represent their interests. He commanded the crew during the absence of the captain. Um, the sailing master oversaw the navigation and sailing of the ship often because of their skills they were forced into service for pirates so that was more like a forced thing right you missed the i said quartermaster oh i missed it then yeah um the boat swain took care of the boat by supervising supplies inspecting the ship every morning and reporting the condition of the ship to the captain he also supervised the deck activities including the handling of the sails and the weighing and dropping of the anchor right so he just kind of made sure everything was running smoothly yep um the carpenter under the boat swain and quartermaster's directions repaired the ship sometimes the carpenter would also be the surgeon on the ship now that's interesting that's really cool like uh the master gunner ensured that the cannons and weapons were in working order the mate often there were first and second mates usually worked under the ship's master boatswain gunner or carpenter as an apprentice mates also outfitted the ship with ropes pulleys sails and other rigging as needed the common sailor would be familiar with the rigging, sa- rigging, sails, and steering of the ship. They kept watches and handled cannons during battle. A rigger worked uh, the running of the rigging, obviously, and furled and released the sails. Young boys or men on a pirate ship were often servants, known as cabin boys. Um, during battles, powder monkeys ran powder gunpowder from below deck to cannon crews and also relayed messages. Okay. So that's kind of how the... Um, the general roles and... Mm-hmm. And then, so this, we'll get into pay in just a second. So, like, it goes into the code. So, before setting out on their expedition, pirates wrote their articles alongside the election of the captain or quartermaster. Mm-hmm. So, this is um, Bartholomew Roberts' articles on the royal fortune. Right. So, just to kind of preface this, um, this actually is what became known. Because this, and I, I've, I've read about this before. So, this is, like, one of the very, this is one of the only um, full... Um, code. Yeah, the f- full collections of, of a code mm-hmm. um, or the articles mm-hmm. that's been recovered was this um, by Bartholomew Roberts. And so for those of you that are familiar with Pirates of the Caribbean movie, um, the movies, they, they talk about the the pirate code mm-hmm. as set forth by um, Morgan, and Morgan and Bartholomew. And this is that code that they actually used as inspiration for that yeah these articles here and like in the code we'll get to in a little bit like in the code it lays out how much everybody's share is yeah so and like what the punishments are Mm -hmm. and stuff like that absolutely so number one every man has a vote in affairs of of moment um, has equal title to the fresh provisions or strong liquors at any time seized and use of them at pleasure unless a scarcity make it necessary for the good of all um to a vote of re Trenchment, which means like basically uh, rationing it. Mm. So like basically, whatever we take, whatever take what you want, do what you want, unless of course there's a scarcity, and then right, unless we start to run out, and yeah. then we'll take a vote on if we need to 
ration it or not. Yep. Number two, every man to be called fairly in turn, but if they defraud the company to the value of a dollar in plate, jewels, or money, marooning was their punishment. If the robbery was only between one another, they contested, no, contented themselves with slitting of the ears or nose of him that was guilty and set him on shore, not in an uninhabited place, but somewhere where he was sure to encounter hardships. So that means... If you mess with us, if you screw us over and try to steal from us... We're going to leave you somewhere. Yep. But if it's one-on-one, we're just going to cut your ears or your nose. Yeah, we'll cut your ears or your nose, and then we'll leave you in a place that that is still populated, but you're probably not... Not going to live. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get beat or something. Yeah. The marooning, marooning sounds terrible, because that would just be like, you are the only one on this... One of these, like, minute islands that are out there because i mean the whole caribbean is peppered with these tiny little islands yeah yeah um number three no person to game at cards or dice for money i thought that was interesting that is interesting and i think that might just be on the ship yeah so like when they come into port they can do what they want yeah they they go into the the town and do whatever they want but they they're not to like gamble or do anything like that on On the the ship. ship yep that makes sense because you're gambling with somebody else's money, essentially. Like, because you don't know what you have until you loot and, you know, do what you... Well, too, I think that, but and, like, also I think it's... fights. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the biggest thing is it le- would lead to um, fights and distraction from duties. Yeah, makes sense. Number four, the lights and candles to be put out at eight o'clock at night. If any of the crew after that hour still remaining inclined for drinking, they were to do it upon open deck, up on the open deck. Okay. So lights out was at eight, which makes sense, you know, because you got work to do. We're running a ship here, and then if you want to drink and do your stuff, you got to do it out, so that you're not disturbing people who are trying to sleep. Hmm. Interesting. Um, who would have thought they would have been so responsible? I know, right? Number five, to keep their piece, pistols, and cutlass clean and fit for service. Number six, no boy or woman to be allowed amongst them. If any man were found seducing any of the latter sex and carried her to sea disguised, she he was to suffer death. So if you smuggled a woman on board, you're dying. You're dead. Right. That's so sweet of them. It's just like, you know, don't bring them here. This is no place for them. Well, it really is, but we'll get to that later. Um, to desert the ship or their quarters in battle was punished with death or marooning. Number eight, no striking one another on board, but every man's quarrels to be ended on shore at sword and pistol. Mm -hmm. I love that one. Uh, Number nine, no man talk of breaking up their way of living till each had shared a thousand pounds. If in order to this, any man should lose a limb or become a cripple in their service, he was to have $800 out of the public stock and for lesser hurts, what does that say? Proportionately. Yeah, proportionately. So I think what that means is like, what I take that to mean is no talk of mutiny. Like, no talk of, like, we're just going to leave. Right. After, you know what I mean? I th- I think that's what that means. Um, number 10, the captain and quartermaster to receive two shares of a prize. The master, boatswain, gunner, and one share, and a half. And the other officers, one and a quarter. And then, obviously, I'm assuming the rest of, like, just the, uh, the, what were they? Just the regular the sailors. Sa- yeah. The common sailors mm-hmm. would just get one share. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Number 11, the musicians to have rest on the Sabbath day, but the other six days and nights, none without special favor. So. I didn't realize they had such need for musicians on pirate ships. I know. How cool is that? But yeah, so that's like an example of um, the rules that was that they would all agree to before they set out. 
Mm. And they would all like sign it and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so that wasn't really the, it wasn't the code for like all pirates, mm-hmm. but just that particular ship. Right. Uh, Bartholomew Roberts. Right. And they would be similar, like, obviously, like they would probably be similar. Yeah. You know, but that's, this is like one of the ones, like you said, that was recovered in full. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So are you ready? This is probably going to be your favorite part. Yes. Let's gonna, do it. <laughs> we're going to talk about famous pirates in the golden age of piracy. Okay, Bartholomew Roberts was born John Roberts in Wales in 1682. He was familiar with ships while serving on a British slave ship called Princess as a third mate, which is pretty high rank. Um, He was enslaved by a pirate named Howell Davis. Davis forced Roberts to join the crew, but soon he realized that his trade was an ideal opportunity for him, or this trade was an ideal opportunity for him. He quickly became Davis's favorite, and in June 1719, um, Davis and some of the pirates were killed in an ambush. The crew elected Roberts as the new captain despite the short period of time he spent with them. He changed his name to Bartholomew Roberts and began his pirate career. He was the most successful pirate of the Golden Age of Piracy as measured by vessels captured, taking over 400 prizes in his career. He's also known as Black Bart. Yep. Um, But this name was never used in his lifetime. So this reminded me of what movie am I thinking of? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. No. I was like... The Princess Bride. The Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, the Dread Pirate Roberts. Because Wesley was on yeah. the ship for a short period of time, and then like he made him the captain or whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, that may be where the, the inspiration the came from. Um, I do know uh, Bartholomew Roberts is a lot of the inspiration for what we typically think of a pirate looks like, like the like especially like I think of like like Captain Hook. Mm-hmm. He's got like you know like the red coat and the, the black long hair and beard and stuff like. That is what that that typical look was. Mm-hmm. It came from Bartholomew Roberts. Yeah, same with Blackbeard. It was it's like a mix of Blackbeard and Bartholomew yeah. Roberts. Blackbart. Yep. Right. Um, so we've got here. So his ship. He originally was on this slave ship called the Princess. But what was his? I have um, no idea what his ship was vessel. called. I don't know because he took four hundred of them. So I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, the Royal Fortune. Is that it? Yeah, you got it listed up here. Oh yeah, the articles on the Royal Fortune. Yeah, yeah so yeah, that yeah. was like when when he was made it big as a pirate captain. That was his ship. Was the Royal Fortune? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, okay, next like his flagship. Right, Blackbeard. Oh yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, not much is known about Edward Teach's early life. Edward Teach learned about piracy during the bloody years of the War of. Uh, Okay, the War of the Spanish Succession, in which he served as a privateer, which means hired out private, I mean, hired out pirate, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, after the war, he worked on a pirate ship under Benjamin Hornigold. He was quickly promoted and awarded his own ship. His nickname, as you know, is Blackbeard because of his notable and scary appearance. He had a long black beard, which covered almost his whole face. It's reported that for fun, he used to separate it into tails, and each one he would tie with a different colored ribbon. Um, his image wasn't just terrifying because of the beard. Blackbeard also wore a sling with three pairs of pistols strung across his chest, plus a cutlass and a few knives. So, like, he had, like, yeah, he a holster was, he was with six out. guns in it. Right. Um, yeah. An opposing crew often surrendered only at the sight of well, him. Had, yeah, okay, yeah, three pairs of pistols. I was about to say. Six guns. He had yeah. six pistols on his chest yeah. along with knives and a cutlass. Like, right, yeah. That's 
I would, I mean, I would surrender. Um, an opposing crew often surrendered only at the sight of him, although some rumors say that he was very generous with the people who cooperated with him. After his mentor, Captain Hornigold, died, he left Blackbeard his ship, and Blackbeard then added 40 guns and renamed it Queen Anne's Revenge. Right, and so that's like the the iconic ship that we know of for mm-hmm. Blackbeard. Yep. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, how people would, um, a lot of times they would just give up just at the sight of him. You talked about his beard. Um, another thing I had, I've seen before uh, is that he would tie um like little i'm not really sure what they were but basically like these little fire sticks into his beard and like light them and they would oh, like smoke they would be like smoking that's and, so cool so yeah. his beard so like basically like smoke bombs in his beard well so like they were they were almost like um like incense sticks oh my gosh that is that's scary yeah i would surrender absolutely you don't need to you don't need to light your beard on fire i'll surrender it's fine um this next one, <clears throat> I didn't put it in the notes, but he's responsible for the Jolly Roger. Blackbeard? No, Calico Jack, this next Calico person. Calico Jack? Calico okay. Jack is responsible. That, that those were his colors. Um, so Jack Rackham. 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 Um, John. John Rackham was commonly known as Calico Jack, an English pirate uh, captain operating in the Bahamas and in Cuba until or during the, during the early 18th century. His nickname was derived from the calico clothing that he wore, while Jack is a name short short for john which i never understood but whatever it's not really short at all i know it's a nickname it's for john. literally the same amount of letters <laughs> and syllables i know i never got that nicknames are weird um he's most remembered for having two female crew members mary reed and his lover Anne bonnie um, calico jack became the captain of the ranger after the former captain decided not to confront a french warship and instead retreated the retreat made the crew call for a vote, and they voted in Calico Jack. Right. And so this kind of goes back to how we were talking about that the, the codes were not the same for all the ships. Mm-hmm. So some people may have been confused saying, wait, I thought women weren't allowed on the ships. That was just on Bartholomew Roberts' ship. Correct. Um, so Calico Jack's ship, he, he didn't have that those same articles. Correct. So, and yeah, and I read on the, I'll have to find the link for it, but I read that he the Jolly Roger is his like, that's kind of where mm-hmm. the, those, those colors come from. Um, also, colors are, they know, right? You guys know that colors are what you use, like, pirate that's flags. The, the name, the, that's what you call the flag. Like, yeah. They would say raise the colors, and that would be they raise yeah. the flag. Okay, so Anne Bonny was an Irish pirate operating in the Caribbean and one of the most famous female pirates of all time. She was the illegitimate daughter of a lawyer and his servant. Um, It's hard to separate facts from fiction where she's concerned, but one story is that she sent a man to the hospital for an attempted assault. Mm-hmm. Um, and her father tried to, like, make a lady out of her, but she ended up running off with a pirate. Um, that pirate, however, wasn't very good at being a pirate, and he ended up turning into an informant on pirates. Mm. And she was upset. She was very upset with it. Um, she, uh, she was pissed, and she went... Um, she left her husband with the help of her good friend, Pierre, a celebrated homosexual and ran a, who ran a famous ladies' establishment. Um, mm. she, so, she, with his help, she ran, away, ran off with Calico Jack. Okay. So, when Anne was pregnant, she went to Cuba to deliver the baby. No one knows re- what happened to her child. Uh, but when she was back on board the ship, Mary Reed was also there. Um, it didn't take long for the two girls to become good friends. According to some sailors, um, Anne and Mary were even in a romantic relationships relationship. And there's a story that um, Calico Jack got really upset with um, 
because nobody knew that Mary was a woman. Right. So Mary Reed originally they thought was that, a dude. Right. Yeah, they thought, oh, like, um, she like was this dude, you know, whatever, because like she hid her identity, and then Anne and Mary got really close, and Calico Jack burst into Anne's quarters like with, with the intention to like slit her throat because she was like cheating on him and then like there's a story that like Mary opened her blouse and like revealed her chest to him he was like oh gosh you're a woman and he was like okay it's fine and then Mary ended up taking up with another sailor on board or whatever but like very few people knew that she was a woman until much later until much later right so yeah. she, Mary had had um had kind of solidified her career mm-hmm yeah. Um, before people even knew that she was a woman. Exactly. Um, and I'm trying to remember the name that she went by. She went by another name. Um, I can't remember. I can't either. So for those of you that may be familiar with the Assassin's Creed's games, um, the Assassin's Creed Black Flag, You'll, if you played that one, you'll be familiar with a lot of these details. Um, I can't for the life of me remember. Because the, the, she, she went by a different name. Mark? Was it Mark? I don't remember. No. Yeah, Mark Reed. There it is. English pirate. Uh, also known as Mark Reed. Mm-hmm. And like oh, okay. in, I know no, in yeah, a, I guess it was Mark. In Assassin's Creed, like she's supposedly the illegitimate son of like, quote unquote, son of another pirate, somebody the kid. But that's not factual. That's just like that's that was for um, Assassin's Creed. Hmm. Okay. But that is an actual pirate. Somebody the kid is an actual James pirate. James Kidd. Yeah. James Kidd was an actual pirate, but she's not really his child in real life. Okay. So she so in the game she went by James Kidd. Yeah. Um Probably. so that was someone else then. Yeah, okay. it was somebody else. So I was else. getting confused with that. Yeah. Um so a little bit more about Calico Jack, Mary Reed and Anne Bonnie. So when they were about to be captured, Anne and Mary refused to surrender. So Calico Jack had already been captured, and they remained on deck and faced the governor's men alone, firing their pistols and swinging their cutlasses. Mary, as the legend goes, was so disgusted, she stopped fighting long enough to peer over the entrance of the hold and yell, If there's a man among you, you'll come up and fight like a man, or like the man you are to be. And then she saw a shot. When a sing- not a single comrade responded, she fired a shot down into the hold, killing one of them. Anne, Mary, and the rest of uh, Rackham's crew were finally overpowered and taken prisoner. The two women avoided execution by saying they were pregnant. Yeah, and that actually was in the game as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot of that I've, I've heard of before. Some of these came from Assassin's Creed, which honestly is a pretty great way to learn some of that history because they actually get a lot of things pretty and accurate. And they do... Call- have a lot of callbacks to like all different kinds of pirates and all that stuff like yeah. james kidd like that was an actual pirate mm-hmm. not mary reed but it was but he wasn't an actual you know person yeah so yeah that's what i've got on famous pirates and that's those are my notes that was definitely very interesting i uh, like loved I said, it one of my favorite topics i learned uh, a I've lot i've always loved pirates so i really did learn a lot while i was researching this um like, I had no idea, like, I just kind of, like, thought the, the pirates that we, oh, like, all pirates were, you know, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. But really, like, they had a really good set of rules. They were really, like, egalitarian. They were really, I mean, sometimes they were, like, brutal for, like, whenever, you know. But, like, 
on the ship, it was really, like, very democratic and, like, very... Yeah, it was really democratic. Um, they just... They they valued strength a lot. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, most of these, like, strong... Like, ca- the captains that ruled, like, kind of strong-armed their crew. Like, mm-hmm. they respected that. So, a lot of times they would keep them as the, the captain. But at any time, they could vote out that captain. Yeah. Although, I gotta say, like... I don't know. Like, that's just... I don't know. I found it really, really interesting. So, who is your favorite pirate? Fictional, non-fictional, you know, all that. Who's your favorite pirate? Fictional or non-fiction? Or, yeah. or are we talking about our favorite? That uh, you know of. Because I don't know much. Or like, are we talking about, like, the, the famous pirates here that, that were, like, real? Any, any pirate. I don't know. It's kind of hard to, to say. Um, In the whole land of piracy, who's your favorite pirate? I mean, probably... I would have to go with either Bartholomew Roberts or or Blackbeard. Um, they were just, I mean, they are like, super iconic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. It's probably a tie between those two. Yeah, there was another pirate that I didn't have time to, like, research fully, but her name was Grace O'Malley. Um, I've heard of her. Yeah, she was, like, she was an Irish pirate, and, um, which is, like, heck yeah, but apparently it's very very similar to Anne Bonny, where, like, it's hard to separate fact from fiction, and, like, mm-hmm. she's just got a really long history, but I just think, like, it's so interesting that, um, like, piracy in, in itself was kind of, like, I'm gonna make, like it, like it said in that article that I was talking about, like, the plunder economy, like, I'm going to make do with what I can and, like, take what I can and yeah. better well, myself. Well, it was a time, and, like, to do things legitimately, it was really hard unless you were born into the right type mm-hmm. of family or yeah. or something like that. Like, you, there wasn't really much opportunity to get, to to to, to strive higher than what you were born into Exactly, at all. yeah. So, I mean, they did what they, what they felt they had to was to just take what they wanted. Yeah. Because they weren't going to be able to get it legitimately yeah and it makes sense to me like why these women would like gravitate towards that because people are already on the like on the fringe or whatever you Mm -hmm. know yeah and like well some of and like with like bartholomew roberts like black bart he was working his way up and then he was just captured yeah and so he was like well i mean might as well make a living of it like i don't know i just thought that was really interesting where they're kind of he's kind of like well this is pretty cool i could do this too like (laughs) like i don't know it's just I don't know if I have a favorite, but I do. It is fascinating to me to, like, actually learn the facts versus, like... Because I thought piracy happened for a long period of time. And while it did, the pirates that we... Like, the golden age of piracy yeah. didn't last that long. Yeah, no, it wasn't It wasn't very long at all. It was, all, like, a decade. Maybe two. Like, yeah. Was, uh, yeah. I was about to say only about 20 years or so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't very long because, I mean, they... They got, like, a lot of notoriety very fast, and then um, the governments, like, the um, the Crown, especially, like, the, the Caribbean pirates and of, of the British, mm-hmm. um, the, the Crown took pretty quick action to, to take yeah. care of it. Um, so, yeah, it, it got extinguished. Mm-hmm. So interesting. But, yeah, definitely one of my favorite subjects to talk about love pirates um so i hope you guys enjoyed that as much as i did talking about it um i'm sure there are probably some things we missed some things we may have gotten wrong if you feel don't so at me 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let yeah. us know if it, if you feel so compelled. But you know, definitely, if you have any suggestions, um, you can send those to date night coffee shop at gmail dot com. Um, send us any kind of you know subjects you'd like us to talk about. Ooh, or coffees. Um, coffees to try. We have some coffee sitting there in the kitchen that needs to be tried, but. It's hot, so we went with cold brew. So. Yeah, yeah, cold <laughs> brew was, was the way to go today. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, again, highly recommend cold brew coffee. If you've not tried it, go for it. Um, and I it is suggest- different than iced coffee. Yes, very much different than, than iced coffee. Um, but, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, again, datenightcoffeeshop at gmail.com if you've got any suggestions, comments, anything like that. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, and you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Play, Play and or... Spotify. Yep. Um, so that's our episode for today. Um, we're so glad you guys joined us on our date night. Date uh, day, whatever. Uh, what time is it? Doesn't yeah, matter. It's like noon. <laughs> a little early today. Uh, but yeah, I had a blast doing this. Um, so again, I'm Bart. I'm Sam. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye.